When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, this is episode number 100 of our show, although you and I have done far more than 100 podcasts together. This is just the sort of the rebranded show is number 100. But uh, happy centennial, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll have to go for episode 137 to, to really do the spectacular. Exactly. Yes. I'm glad you made that reference before I got to it. Um <laughs> But yes, uh, so this is uh, you know kind of a strange day to be recording. We're recording on the off day uh, between the Mets series in Houston and Miami. The Mets series in Houston, boy, the less said about that, maybe the better. Uh, Mets have not won in Houston since 2011, since the first Obama term. Uh, the Mets have not collected a win in Houston. Part of that is they don't play in Houston all that often. But it's also, it also seems to be a bit of a snake-bitten ballpark for them right now. And... Uh, you know, what can we say? Trevor Williams did not look as sharp as he has looked in the past in the start on Tuesday. And Carlos Carrasco left the Wednesday start in the third inning with some lower back discomfort, which is certainly not good news, but it's better than if it was a shoulder or a hamstring or an oblique, you know, that pulled him out of the game. So I, I believe we're supposed to get more information on Carrasco later today. Uh, and if our podcast history is anything to go by, we'll find out as soon as we're done recording what his injury status really is. But let's let's just start with this series in general. Obviously, the Mets are going to lose series. They're going to lose games to pretty good teams, and they're going to lose games when their starting pitching is not very good. Um, with, you know, uh, Max Scherzer seemingly 
back this weekend, or if not this weekend, definitely next week, with Tyler McGill still about a month away, with uh, DeGrom a little bit, probably less than a month away, but we don't really know exactly what his time frame is. Um, is it time for you to get, is it time for us to get worried about the Mets starting pitching? Or put differently, how soon do they need to be uh, acquiring a starting pitcher? Uh, well, I think I think it depends a lot on what Carrasco uh, looks like. I mean, when McGill went down, I, I wasn't alarmed yet, but my biggest concern was what if another pitcher gets injured? And it, it wasn't necessarily uh, like an overwhelming uh, vote of confidence for Trevor Williams as a member of the rotation, but it was kind of like, okay, he can hold together that spot, but the options get really thin after him and Peterson right? Uh, if, if they need a third other guy. Um, I, the, I'm equal parts uh, understanding of anyone who wants to give Scherzer another rehab start just because. Um, and the other part of that is if Scherzer says he's ready, well, <laughs> who are we to stop him? Uh, right. <laughs> it, it, it's not, uh, we're nowhere near panic mode. Um, but I do think if Carrasco is going to miss more than his next start, uh, even if he misses his next start, it, if it's just that, they can probably get around it with the off days that they have. Right. Um, which Gary Cohn pointed out on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, and it was certainly a valid point. So I I don't necessarily think they have to get somebody immediately. But if Carrasco is going to miss several starts, uh, if there's any indication that Scherzer or DeGrom need any more time than, than it looks like they need right now, then obviously that would factor in. Uh, but it would behoove the Mets to get somebody just as a, a reasonable depth option, um, whether they uh, you know need them for a rotation spot for a month or two or not. Um, I know Gary had said on the broadcast that uh, at some point recently, it may have been yesterday, it may have been over the weekend. Um, but if that elusive group of your five best starting pitchers are ever healthy at the same time, uh, wouldn't it be nice to have McGill as a weapon out of the bullpen? And right. like that's, that's a great thought to have. Uh, and we've touched on that topic on our podcast as well. And I mean, if you, follow the Mets how could you not <laughs> it's it's been the thing that we've been chasing uh for the past decade granted with a you know a few different groups of pitchers but uh yeah that there really is no such thing as having too much pitching uh now having said that I don't know who the guy is who I think they should go get uh, people in the Amazing Avenue Slack have pointed out and, and probably also on Twitter. And I think correctly that uh, the trade market looks different with the new playoff format and more teams in the hunt and fewer teams clearly out of it. Um, that that said, uh, as, as Gary Cohen pointed out on the broadcast this week, it seems like the teams that are out of it, though, we already know for sure who's out of it. Like there are seasons where at this point in the season, 
there are far less surefire dead in the water teams. Yeah. So those teams will probably be willing to uh, to trade, but the problem is those are also very easy easy targets because half the teams are still in it, and they're going to be looking to the same batch of players from those teams that are clearly out of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, quick aside, as I pull up the standings on, on uh, MLB.com, I hate what they did to the homepage of mlb.com oh it's 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 i I pulled it up for the first time in a couple days yesterday and it is trash Uh, it's if you're on a computer even if you're not if you use their app uh and traditionally if you're on a computer there has been a vertical list of scores or scheduled games depending on the time of day uh of all the games in the league that you could see uh pretty intuitively and this horizontal scroll i mean there's other changes they made that i also don't like but the horizontal scroll of scores and scheduled games is atrocious yep it's so hard to find things uh i I don't understand when something is working i don't understand completely changing the layout of it agree that said (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah there are definitely teams that are not contenders um i don't know somebody like the marlins who we should point out the mets beat three out of four times yes yes <laughs> in the previous series since we recorded uh which of course they should but the marlins are 31 and 36 they aren't uh the nationals they aren't the right. a's they the aren't the, uh, the royals the reds yeah but i mean the, oof, the tigers they're, they're brutal too yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I was saying, like, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's like seven or eight teams that are that have not won 30 games yet. And that's probably the good indicator of the teams that are absolutely going to be sellers at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I have to say, very enjoyable for the Cubs to be 26 and 43. Oh, yeah. You hate to see but, it. Yeah. They, <laughs> they just got so annoying so fast. Like, you feel bad for them for a minute. And then... Uh, after the Mets beat them in that NLCS handily and then came up short and then they won the following World Series, it was like, all right, that's enough. Yep. <laughs> they, they, I'm they done with get, you. They could have another 108 years. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, I, I guess the question is, does the dynamic change the uh, the cost for trading for, for the types of guys that the Mets could use? Um, I'm still... I don't know. Maybe this. Maybe I'm just being delusional here, but I'm still more concerned about adding to the bullpen. And granted, you know, Gary's idea, uh, McGill as a guy in the bullpen, or our discussion recently of Peterson and, and Williams as relief options. Um, it, probably not any of them are you know Plan A for how to upgrade the bullpen, but. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's not that many guys I trust. Edwin Diaz has been phenomenal. And I hope Trevor May comes back healthy and uh, gets into that mix of guys who should pitch late. Drew Smith has done a good job. And, uh, you know, there are other pitchers in the bullpen. uh, The lefties, not really. But there are other pitchers (laughs) in the bullpen who who have put up, uh, you know, decent numbers and all that. But, I don't know if they're the guy that I want to say like, oh yeah, he's got the eighth inning in uh in you know in a playoff game. 
So I think my concern lies a little more there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that Carrasco's the, the 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 severity of Carrasco's injury means so much because Carrasco's been very good so far this season, and he, if he's going to miss a couple of weeks, that's one thing. If if it's beyond, I would say if it's anything beyond three starts, I think they absolutely need to go out and get somebody. But if it's if it's less than three starts, I think like Gary said, you can maybe piece together something for now, especially if Scherzer is as close to returning as we tend to believe that he is. So, yeah, I think the bullpen is a bigger concern because, I mean, look, injuries happen. We have to be prepared for all of this. But right now, if the Mets get their starters back and their starters are healthy, I'm not concerned about the starters. If the Mets have their healthiest bullpen, I'm still concerned about the bullpen. Right. And coming into the season, I I remember thinking and possibly saying out loud that uh, I thought about half of the Mets' losses would be uh, on the bullpen, and that hasn't really happened. Um, They've had this knack for losing pretty obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There haven't been a lot of late-game meltdowns and swings in the wrong direction. I think there were one or two games like that, 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 you know, they had victory right there and, and blew it. But uh, it has not been a routine occurrence for the bullpen to really be responsible for the losses. Um, so I think part of that might just be a little bit of baseball's randomness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think also part of that has to do with the fact that this team has been relatively uh, relatively good at coming back when down. And so it also feels like uh, when the bullpen has given up some runs, it, it's given the team enough time to come back from those deficits, uh, at least more than I guess we're used to as Mets fans. But, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think the Carrasco injury is certainly unfortunate and the timing is not great. But if Scherzer is coming back, I, I feel – you know, I feel better about that. And generally, I don't think any of the Mets injuries to their starting pitchers this season have been as catastrophic as perhaps we had feared they'd be. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is there anything about the the Houston series that particularly worries you, or do you chalk this up to just the combination of Trevor Williams plus an injured Carrasco plus, you know, somewhat bad juju in that ballpark, which I don't really believe, but it's kind of fun to talk about. Right. Yeah. I, I think this was just one of those things that can happen. Um, Jordan Alvarez is hitting on sort of like a Mike Trout level. Yes this year and had a very strong two game series against the Mets. 
sometimes that'll happen. Uh, we, the Mets have players who can do that too and take a game over. Uh, I mean, Pete Alonso is still leading the National League in home runs and uh, RBIs. Uh, just capable of doing that sort of a thing where it's like, okay, we couldn't really get past him. I mean, the, the second game in Houston was definitely much more frustrating because once they got those couple of runs late and then loaded the bases and still had just one out, uh, pop up to third base, strikeout from Escobar and Smith, that was that was deflating. Uh, yes. yes. But they, they, they still, uh, let's hope, I mean, it's... It, it isn't the end of the world, uh, it, the outcome of the game on Friday, if it, if it doesn't go well against the Marlins. But Especially because uh, Sandy Alcantara is pitching that day. Yeah. But, I mean. Th- By the way, that's what, whenever I listen, I occasionally will throw on the Spanish broadcast, and they would say Alcantara. American broadcasters say Alcantara. Do we have a – is one of them wrong? Or is that, uh, just, is that just how it goes? Uh, it might just be how it goes. I don't know. Officially – there's no accent anywhere listed on at least on baseball reference. So I am not a hundred percent sure who's got that. I mean, obviously I would assume the Spanish broadcast has it correct. Yes, but I will go. With, it seems like everyone else is saying Alcantara. So I'll just, I'll just say Alcantara and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And guys, you know, granted that was the game that they lost against the Marlins uh, in, right. in the weekend series, but. Um, and he's, he's also by far the Marlins best pitcher. Yeah. But so. yeah, the Mets have an opportunity to still, not lose a third game in a row this year. Um, so maybe it might be the one of the tougher situations they've been in as far as the opposing starting pitcher goes uh, to avoid that. But it is nice that we're in the final week of June, just about. And uh, that is still true. Hopefully it's yeah. still true at about 9.30 on Friday night. Um <laughs> 9.30, you're optimistic. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a game in Miami. You're right. Well, it starts at 6.40, so it's a, okay. little, a little earlier start than usual. Fair enough. Games in Miami do have a way of getting weird. Yes, they do. Yeah, the Mets have 6.40, 4.10, 4.10, 12.05 games this weekend. Jeez. Um, with that third one being on Peacock. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's there's different ways of looking at it. the Mets. Have, uh, okay, they've lost three of their last four, sure, but they've also won four of the last seven. So right, right, yeah. No, uh, I mean, I, I, again, I, I I am not worried yet, especially with Scherzer this close to returning, with Degrom not seeing any setbacks in his rehab. You know, I, yeah. I, I think I, I think things are okay right now. And the Mets are currently eleven and nine in June. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's not too shabby. No, that, it's not. That's a, about the level of play that people were, I think, hoping they could maintain when Scherzer went down, and they yes. maintained it with much better opponents through uh, the month of June than than they had previously. So yes, and the, this is again the time of the show. <laughs> we tend to do this every uh, every week where we talk about the upcoming schedule. And how, with a couple of uh, exceptions, the Mets are about to hit a much easier stretch in in the uh, in the schedule. You know, they have three against the Marlins this weekend, another day off, and then two against the Astros, and then another day off, 
and then uh, Rangers, Reds, Marlins. So there's, there's, you know, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, and uh, that uh, that three game series against the Braves uh, in July. Obviously, that'll be a big one, whether the teams are really close or the Mets open up a little more distance be- between them again. And again, it, even now, it's still a four and a half game lead. It's still uh, not nothing. Right. So, I mean, as it current stands, still- so, I'm sorry, Chris. As it current stands, the Mets only have uh, eight games against teams over 500 in July. Yeah. So, it's not, 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 that's not bad. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I haven't stayed super tuned in, despite having him on a fantasy roster, to when Tatis is actually going to get back. That's an excellent question for the Padres. But I, I would be shocked if Machado is off the injured list after that horrific sprained ankle. Um, yeah. By the time the Padres get to Queens, coming off the All Star break, but there's a chance the Mets, even with that good team coming in, might catch them. In a in a spot where Tatis Machado or both are not in the lineup, but getting ahead of ourselves a little, I guess it's just it's I don't know when the when they're good, it's always fun to to look. When the Mets are bad, who cares who they play in a month? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't really matter. You know, we still watch, but it, I don't know. Just doesn't have the same appeal to it. Uh, no, it does not. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I am thoroughly not not freaking out just yet. Uh, you know, another good series in Miami will help. If the Mets cannot look like dog shit against the Astros at home, that will also help. And uh, but even even if you know, again, you and I tend to be the last people to worry. In we tend to be the least panicky denizens of Panic City. And uh, sometimes that does us. Sometimes that makes us look really smart, and sometimes it makes us look really gullible. <laughs> Which yeah. at least, at least I speak for myself <laughs> in, in, in that, uh, you know, in, in that regard. But you know, we're we're gonna have to just wait and see a little bit longer to, to sort of experience the next. I'm gonna say the next six weeks or so before I feel really confident about the Mets postseason chances because I've just been burned a bunch of times. But it's also going to take the, the same amount of time for me to be really worried about the Mets postseason chances. Right now, I'm just, I'm okay. Yeah, and that's totally fair. They still have the best record in the National League. Um, They still have, it, it's not a weak division, but they do have the advantage, and so do the Braves. Uh, that they get more games against the Nationals and Marlins than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Central uh, the <laughs> Central has really easy, but uh, it, it, neither team is playing in the NL West, which is definitely much harder. Yes. Um, with, you know, three legitimately good teams and two... The two teams that are bad, but holding their own a little bit better yeah. than, uh, than the the cellar dwellers in the East and the Central. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, the Mets, again, we talk about the strength of their schedule. 
their September schedule is really very advantageous. They start with one game against the Dodgers, but then they have the Nationals, the Pilot, Pirates, the Marlins, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Brewers, who are going to be tough, the A's, the Marlins, and then end with the Braves. So that that is a month where you could hope the Mets are, are really padding their division lead. If they, you know, presuming they get to the, they get to September in the lead of the division, that seems like a very, very, uh, a very conveniently uh, easy month of September for the Mets. Yeah. Well, anything else on the Mets uh, topic to discuss before moving to music picks? No, I, uh, I, I think that pretty much sums up where they're at and where we are with them. I, I, I guess going into a weekend series in Miami being like, Oh yeah, that's going to be good. I don't know. Maybe I've learned nothing over the years, but <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know. I feel like the uh, home run home run sculpture being gone has sort of rid their trips to Miami of some of the terrible things that they've uh, had happen there. <laughs> like I, I, the, the Zach Wheeler game there, uh, is definitely the standout of anything the Mets have done in Miami in, in quite some time. And that's that going back right. yeah. several years. But but yeah, it's still I am always going to be I don't know overly confident when it comes to playing the Marlins because they are just perpetually underachievers. Uh yes. Despite well, that, the fact that, that they've they've won two World Series since the Mets have, but you know. Right, right. And, and, like and not the actual players on the team, but they they just don't invest in their roster, and it shows. There's a sexy pick for somebody every spring to be like, "Ooh, this is the year they're going to be good," and uh, they just aren't. And those World Series are getting to be older and older history. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, we're we're coming up on the 20th anniversary next year, right? Of the second yeah. one. Yeah, I think right. I think it was 03. That sounds it was right. 97 and 03. I believe when my daughter was was a baby and she, she had a very hard time falling asleep i had to be rocking her to sleep and to, to keep my mind from falling asleep i would start with the year which at that point it was 2011 was the most recent world series champion and i would work backwards and see how far i could get without missing a year mm. and this was my constant game to myself and i at one point i could get to 1949 nice um that is gone <laughs> from my brain now though just you know just gone but yeah. uh yeah, that's how I would keep myself occupied as I was rocking her going a thousand times. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, what is your uh, episode number 100? music? I was going to say your 100th music pick, but because we've each missed a couple episodes, it probably isn't actually your 100th music pick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so I was looking back uh, before it dawned on me and and you that this was the 100th episode of this title of, of our show uh but i was looking back and coming into the episode i was like all right i don't know i always try to come up with something that's uh i don't know unique or relatively obscure or whatever I, like that's always the desire right and then a lot of times it's very easy to pick records by some of my favorite bands and I look back at our, our spreadsheet where we keep track of all this, and I realized that uh, I have recommended several King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard records. You'd think I'd have the name down by now. Um, <laughs> but, but never like my favorite one or number two or maybe even number three. Uh, 
So I'm not, I don't, uh, I wouldn't rescind any past recommendation. There are a couple of their records that I've recommended here that uh, out of 20 now would maybe not even make the top 10 of that list. But I, I said to myself when I looked at all that, how have I not recommended Nonagon Infinity? That is, that is the one. I, <clears throat> objectively, you can make an argument, I think, that they have a couple other records that are maybe their best. But Nonagon Infinity was the one that got me into the band and still is the most ambitious thing I think they've done. And that, that's saying something for a band that has made records that sound completely different from anything they've done before. That That's ambitious too. But Nonagon Infinity just rocks from start to finish. Uh, every song connects through. So it's a continuous playback. And even the end of the last track on the record is recorded so that you can put it on repeat. Obviously, this doesn't work on vinyl, but um, you, you could put it on repeat and it would play infinitely. It, 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 it all connects. So it's funny because the, the actual end of the record sounds a little weird, but it's because it goes right back into uh, the first song. So I think... The, the first time we saw them live, they weren't quite big enough yet that people were like writing down accurate set lists of every single show they played. Uh, but our recollection was that they just played Donagon. That may or may not be accurate. You know, looking back at, at some of the other shows that they played from that time, um, I think they worked in some other songs. But uh, the, whatever the case, when we saw them, uh, open for Mac DeMarco for the first time. They were heavily playing off of Nonagon and they didn't stop playing during their set. So, uh, you know, whether it was technically all the songs on the record or a couple other mixed in, it was definitely in the same spirit. And uh, yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. I don't know. That night I knew I liked the band. I think I bought, I think I bought that record on CD. That might be one of the last CDs I bought <laughs> before switching back to, uh, or, or really like committing to buying vinyl as the physical format, right? Um, but I did not buy a Nonagon Infinity t-shirt and luckily splurged a little bit only on the shipping side of things because their Australian shop had them um, maybe a year or two later. And I had been kicking myself. I went to a different concert a few months later. I think it was actually a Kendrick Lamar show and somebody had that shirt and i was like ah like how do i not have that and uh luckily the the aussie shop still had some uh went and bought it and paid for i think the shipping was about as much as the shirt <laughs> and got it and uh and yeah it's it, it's a pretty great record uh robot stop gamma knife really stand out but just the the whole thing uh, works very well together, and uh, that that was my starting point, and I it, it'll probably always be my number one for that reason. So, not a gun infinity, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Excellent choice, of course. Um, so I feel like I was gonna go with something different, but because you're going with like one of your favorite bands and your favorite album of theirs, you never recommended. I feel like I have to do the same thing, and I have to recommend right. uh, Ween's The Mollusk. It is their uh, 
to me, by far their their best record in a in a collection of very very good records. It is uh, as close to a con- a concept album as I guess they do. It's all very nautical and like uh, water based, as the in mollusk would uh, you should believe. It was recorded mostly on Long Beach Island in New Jersey at a house they rented, which they rented over the course of a winter. And at one point, a pipe burst in the house, and they lost a bunch of stuff, but not the tapes. The tapes were on a table, and so they were able to be saved. Um, and it was finished, you know, in various places. But it it very much, to me, shows you everything Ween can do. There is some stuff that is funny, which is, you know, a big part of their shtick, is that there is some humor in some of their songs. But there's also some really sad, beautiful songs. There are some amazing guitar playing. I mean, Dean Ween is inarguably one of my two or three favorite guitarists who are who are still living. And uh, he this is his best guitar album, I think, by a long shot. And uh it it has just all different sounds. I mean it has a an Irish drinking song. It has some like short little punky things. It has uh a murder ballad. It has some psychedelia. It, it it has a little bit of everything, and I think it's it's a record that truly sounds like it's meant to be a record. That is one of the things that I am a proselytizer for, which is I want I want records to sound like they come from a place of thought and conception, where pieces are put together not just because they were the songs that you wrote in this month of this year, but because there's some sort of connective tissue there. And this very much feels like a record, uh, not just because of the, the the sort of nautical theme of it, but just, I think, rec- I think having, having recording it, recording most of it at home, you get sort of that homemade feel to it, but it does not feel lo-fi. It feels, it's probably the most, uh, High, one one of the most high fidelity records they made actually because those guys are just very exacting and really good at home recording but so anyway i what i, ever, what I always tell people is like if you don't know where to start with ween this if you if you can't find something you like on the mollusk you don't like ween because all of their best stuff happens here even though it does not have some of their some of their most well-known songs or I would say most of their best songs actually live elsewhere. But as a record, as a start to finish experience, I don't think you can go wrong with the mollusk, especially because like the record Chris talked about, it ends with a reprise of the first song on the record as well. So there is that sort of continuous, uh, uh, you know, idea through it. But um, yeah, if you, if you've never listened to this before, the first song is going to turn you off. And that's kind of the point. Just keep with it, and I—I I think, like I said, if you can find something there you like, I think you can find lots of stuff throughout the Ween catalog you like. So this is this is an appropriate hundredth episode pick. We both picked our our favorite records by uh, arguably our favorite bands, and so uh, check out both King Giz and Ween, and tell them Brian and Chris sent you. And uh, that does it for our hundredth episode. Thank you so much for joining us for a hundred episodes, and here's to at least a hundred more. Uh, go to AmazingAvenue.com for game recaps, analysis, news, everything you need for the Mets we have there. Amazing Avenue is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can find Amazing Avenue audio, all of these podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you can find this show. You can also find Chris on Twitter at Chris McShane. You can find me on Twitter at Brian It's an app. And until next time, let's go Mets. Nice.